and welcome to the Stream Queens podcast, where we review horror films and horror-adjacent films that you can stream on the internet. I'm your co-host, Rachel, and joining me is the glowing eyes in the darkness of an open door, Mars! <laughs> Hello! That one How was good. You? That one was really good. You like that one? I that did like me, that one. I think of all the scares in this movie we're going to be talking about tonight, that was the one that gave me the most like, ooh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That was really creepy. Yeah. Awesome. So, to that end, we are going to be reviewing Hell House LLC, a movie that did absolutely nothing good for my fear of clowns. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so that should be fun. <laughs> All right. But before that, how have you been? I've been good. Second shot was today. Ooh. The world is going to be mine again. Oh my God. What's the first thing you're going to do when you can go into the world without fear? Hope House. Oh, okay. Are you going to get the half man? If it's still there, I think I checked. I know I've checked the the menu online, but I don't remember if I saw it. Now I got distracted. But I was looking for we we were talking about Hurley and I were talking about there was something that I used to get when I went there, but they don't serve it anymore. But I think it was blackened catfish something or other. Oh yes, I think we got that while we were there. Yeah, and it was super good, and they don't do it anymore. But Mm. I got distracted by that and forgot to even check to see if they still make the half man. But God, here's hoping. We had such a fun trip while we were there, but definitely one of the highlights amongst many was going to the Pope house and having that half man. It was so good. After all the time that I'd spent talking it up to you and I was like, oh, please let it be as good as I am making it sound. And then I think it lived up. I think it lived up to the reputation I painted for it. Yeah, we had all kinds of good, it was like a bunch of appetizers and a bunch yeah. of bourbon. Oh like, my god, I can't wait to come back to Portland. Like the, the mac and cheese, and didn't you guys get hush puppies or something? I think so, yeah. yeah. Oh, so good. All right, we gotta get serious about planning our girls' trip now. Yeah. Now that we're all gonna be fully vaccinated, it's time to pick a date. Yeah, for start sure. Start making that shit happen. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's so awesome. I'm so excited for you. Okay, I have a warm-up question for you. Mm-hmm. Okay, so this movie is about a haunted house that goes very poorly. So I wanted to know from you, if you were going to have the ultimate Halloween haunt that you were going to go to, what would be the scariest version of that for you? Okay, so there's a place just outside of Portland called Savi's Island, and it's this really cute, very pastoral island in the river where there's a lot of farms and things, and so in the summer you could go berry picking and in the autumn, you get your pumpkins there, but in for Halloween, they do a haunted corn maze, Ooh. and that legitimately is the scariest because there's something about. I mean, it. I think it speaks for itself. Being in a corn maze at night uh-huh. is terrifying alone. Yeah, 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 for sure, for sure. And you already, even if it's not a haunted corn maze, if you just for some reason are in a cornfield at night, you're already thinking like, "There's something in the corn with me," because why wouldn't there be? Right. But then going to a haunted corn maze, you're like, "Now there definitely are things in the corn with me." <laughs> See, I thought you were definitely saying like, haunted pedicure shop. Uh, I was trying to be. Are <laughs> <laughs> you trying to be a little more fall festival? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah for me it would be anything with a ton of spiders obviously oh man rachel so we went to not last year obviously but the year before we went to the haunted corn maze on savi's island myself hurley my brother his girlfriend and their roommate Uh uh-huh and you know we were running into this thing and they had some some buildings that they constructed so there was the hallway kind of standard haunted house kind of setting every once in a while most of it was the corn and the darkness and it was so scary but at the very end we were rounding the last corner and they had made this enormous 10 foot tall black widow contraption where there was a person inside of the body it was on wheels but when it wheeled (gasps) there were gears that would rotate the legs so it looked like the legs were walking i don't like it it was a person in hidden in the body who had pushed this thing on a cart around and steer it around and chase people with it but the thing was 10 12 feet tall and just so big and the way they had it hidden you straight up could not see it until it came out of the corn at you it oh my was god. so scary, but it was funny because I saw it 
And I went, oh my god, Rachel would hate that, and then ran. <laughs> it's true. But you were my first thought where I was like. Oh, that's so, I guess if a six foot tall foot chased me, you'd also be my first thought. I feel like that's the one where it'd be like, well, and I guess we are the group that they're calling the ambulance for. because. Oh yeah, <laughs> uh, Rachel has expired. Yeah. <laughs> Rachel has like, I wish to see no more of this world, and just off to heaven. Yeah. So spiders would be bad. Also, a place where they're forcing you to get a massage would be bad for me because no touch. Thank you. Yeah. (laughs) Yes, but spiders probably. I'm trying to think what else really freaks me out that I mean, obviously animal violence, but I'm definitely not going to that haunted house. I would never go to one of those haunted houses where you sign the waiver saying because Uh, that was my next question. Yes. So those are extreme haunts. I have a friend that loves those no i watched the documentary on them and Mm -hmm. the thing where you agree like yeah uh you can submerge me in a tub of water no 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 i will be waiting in the car ma'am thanks so they had this haunted this is obviously before covid they had this haunted camp out at the fairgrounds in pleasanton i don't know if you ever went to the fair there when you Mm -hmm. lived here and there was levels that you could sign up for. And there was one where it was no contact. You basically just camped in the woods or I mean, not the woods camped at this place and watched horror movies all night, but there were degrees above that where it could be no contact. But then there was one that was full contact where you had to sign waivers and they were like, you will be pulled out of your tent in the middle of the night. You will be put in the trunk of a car. These are things that, that will happen to you. Why would you want that? I was like, does anybody want to do this? (laughs) why would you want that i guess i don't i i am one of those people who falls i don't know what it is i don't know if my parents used to drive me around as a baby to get me to fall asleep or something but i'm one of those people who i am fighting sleep every time i'm i'm a passenger in a car don't know what happens as soon as the car starts moving the eyes get nice right i totally know what you mean i feel like if i had done the full contact and they dragged me from my tent and put me in the trunk of the car i'd be like oh my god why did i sign that (laughs) (laughs) and they just open the trunk and be like are you ready for oh my god she's asleep Yeah, I mean, I think it's because as a horror fan, there is a part of me that because I watch horror movies because you get that where in theory you get that scare from a safe place. And this is sort of the next step of that. You're in a horror movie, but you're still safe. Yeah, I don't know. It just sounds like, you know, when they're like pot's a gateway drug. And then I'm like, yeah, you're at the level where you're like, I need I need it. I need it so bad that I need a stranger to drag me out of my tent in the night and put me in the trunk of a car. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I guess you're right. That is kind of just straight up shooting heroin. <laughs> yeah. Just there was, there chasing was a, that dragon. There was this interactive horror art installation kind of performance art thing they did, I don't know, a handful of years ago. You had to be in, I think, L.A. to be a part of it. You ended up going to this warehouse where you were confronted by something. But it started where you signed up for it and you had to give them passwords or something. And they would call you. They would leave you messages. They would take pictures of you and leave pictures of you places. Oh! They hacked into your life, essentially. I've heard of that. Part of me was like, that's terrifying and a terrible idea. But then there was a little part of me that was like, really scary. Yeah. I don't know. No, I've, I've heard of that. The thing that triggered the memory was it's part of the package where they're like, they're going to mail you unmarked envelopes with pictures of you. Yeah. Out in the world or whatever, or your house. And it's things that you've signed up for, you know, but right. still. I mean, I feel like there's there's a kind of a potential for an actual horror movie there, right? Where you sign up for an extreme haunt like this and it's really just people who are going to take over your life. Because <laughs> that's where the source of the fear is, right? You're kind of edging a little bit. It's a little weird edge play. It's like password edge play. We're like, here you go. Here's here's my information. Don't use it against me, but it's oh. kind of scary because you might. But you know what the twist is? Is it's if the movie is about someone who signed up for this and they're getting all this creepy shit happening and their friends are like, what's wrong with you? And they're like, oh, I just, you know, it's super cool. But then they start getting pictures that are clearly from before they signed up for this. Mm. You know, that's the twist where it's like, oh, yeah, I signed up for it on my birthday. And then they get pictures from before their birthday or something. Someone's been taking pictures of them before they signed up for this extreme haunt or whatever. Mm -hmm. I wish I could find this article. It was from several years ago, but I've always a little part of me has always been a little fascinated and drawn to something like that. Probably shouldn't put that on the Internet. Yeah. (laughs) 
Because now someone out there is going to be like, oh, I'm going to stalk her and it'll be doing her a favor. She'll like it. She'll, She'll think love it's fun. it. All right. So please, if you're a stalker, please, please don't assume that I would like you to send me messages. I think that's the real takeaway from this episode. Everyone have a great day. <laughs> <laughs> that's all, folks. <laughs> JK. But I don't know. I feel warmed up. You feel warmed up? do feel warmed up all right cool so in that case let's get into our review but before we do that can you please let our listeners know what our spoiler policy is please we are going to spoil the whole thing i'm going to be talking about everything from beginning to end it has quite the end so Mm -hmm. i i would suggest not being spoiled for this one i think it's worth it i think it delivers in the end pretty well so uh i would i would suggest watching it before you let me just tell you how it ends yeah i think that's a good call this is one of those ones where the mystery is a big part of the enjoyment right yeah Mm -hmm. i think yeah all right cool so we will get into that as soon as we come back we're gonna take a quick break listen to this ad from our buddies over at here's johnny and then we will be reviewing hell house llc the director's cut tales of giant monsters are as old as tales themselves but what makes those stories fit into the kaiju genre and just how scary can they be Larry and Justin are pursuing this very knowledge on the Here's Johnny podcast, a horror show that arrives every week, just like your favorite radio drama, but instantly through forbidden sciences known as Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. There are a ton of kaiju out there to learn about. Just listen to your local emergency officials and stay out of their paths. Wait, say that again? Uh, Sorry, folks, I'm getting a message from our staff. Folks, we're getting reports that a massive creature has just risen off the coast of this station and is heading this way. Please follow evacuation protocol and... Listen to the Here's Johnny podcast on Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. All right, cool. So let's get into Hell House. LLC. Now, this is one that I picked. It's something that I always see show up on hidden gems or best found footage movies. And as a found footage lover, I always like to share those movies with you because of all the people, like, who else am I going to watch found footage with? Movie right. With? You, obviously. Duh. So I figured, you know what? I saw it was on Shudder and Prime. It's on a bunch of things. I was like, this is a sign. Let's make it happen. I think I saw a picture of that's what it was. I saw a picture of the clown in the basement and I was like, oh, I need to see this. Because <laughs> that is the one of the scariest clowns. I mean, whether I don't know how you feel about this movie. We have not talked about it beforehand. But the hill I will die on is that is one creepy looking clown. Yeah, you're not wrong. Okay, you're good. You're not wrong. Good, good. So I figured, screw it. Let's do it. So, okay, this movie was directed by Stephen Cognetti. In making Hell House, he wanted to put together a handful of things that he really loves, which are horror movies, duh. But specifically paranormal horror movies, when he was first pitching this movie, one of his investors wanted him to turn it into a slasher, but he was like, nope, I don't like slashers, I like paranormal horror movies. So he wanted to do that. He also loved true crime, and he has an obsession with old photography and abandoned buildings. So he basically just took it all, threw it in a blender, made it into a mockumentary sort of Dateline style. He wanted to make, like I said, an episode of Dateline only where they're investigating a paranormal event, and ta-da, Hell House was born. Initially, he was in search of an abandoned house to shoot the film in. The original script was not in a hotel. It was in a house. But he was having no luck finding a place that was going to suit their needs. So he started actually looking at other haunts, other haunted house uh, attractions, essentially. And eventually he found this haunted hotel called the Waldorf Hotel in Pennsylvania, and it was perfect. So he decided that was where he wanted to shoot it, and he hired the person who runs the haunt, this woman named Annie Moyer, who became the set designer for the movie. Oh, nice. Yeah, so they they made a bunch of changes to the script so that it moved from being a haunted house into a haunted hotel. And this is actually the, if you like this movie, good news, because it's actually the first of three movies. Really? Yes, Hell House, the Abaddon Hotel is the second one. Hell House 3, Lake of Fire is the third one. And in an interview with Geeks of Doom, Cognetti says that he sees the movies really as one long movie. If you essentially just put them all together. And the first movie serves as the first act, with the second two expanding on the mythology and then finishing the story. 
So if you oh. are left with lingering questions from this movie, the answers exist and they are on Shutter. So check it out. Interesting. Okay. I yeah. didn't know that. There you go. <laughs> That's the other thing is I remember when the sequels were coming out and people were freaking out about it. I was like, I gotta get back to watching this movie. And I kept waiting, thinking, oh, next Halloween I'll watch it. Because it's a perfect Halloween movie for obvious reasons. And then never getting around to it. It's the same reason I still haven't seen that House is October Built, which is another spooky haunt movie. But. I know I've seen that one, but I always get that one because I, I know I've seen The House is October Built, okay. but I always get it confused with something else. Well, there's that movie Haunt, which I have seen, which was actually pretty good. Okay. I know I've seen it, but I don't I don't remember which one this is. But the uh, but Haunt. I think you were Haunt? maybe blending it with the documentary that was about. Yeah, I, I know. I've, I've also seen the documentary about the extreme haunts or whatever, or the, the guy who makes the extreme haunted house. Or That, I mean, I, I'm i just going to say it. That is definitely a kink, right? You oh, watch that sure. guy, he is getting off. That is his kink. Oh, yeah, for sure. And I'm not kink shaming, no, but let's no, just not call at all. it for what it is. He's not just like, I like haunted houses. This is this is his, this turns his, him on. Yeah. No, again, not kink shaming. No, you're into what you're into. Whatever, yes. he's making a career of it, but. Let's be adults. Let's call it what it is. But I do not want people throwing up on me. As much as I was saying how I was kind of curious about those extreme haunts, his haunts? No, 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 no. No, 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 no. Yeah. That's no. too far. That no, is... I'll be I'll be waiting in the parking lot for that one, dog. <laughs> Consider me the getaway driver. <laughs> Fuck that. Yeah. All right. Also, if any of y'all come back covered in vomit, you're not getting into my car. Just saying. <laughs> That's Hard and fast a, rule. That just totally reminded me of <laughs> something from my 20s. <laughs> like, <laughs> my friend, she would get so fucking wasted. And I remember one time she, <laughs> she threw up all over herself. And her name was Tara. And a speck of it got on her friend. And he, <laughs> he's just screaming in the front seat. Tara! <laughs> She was still trying to like holler at guys out the window. Oh, oh my god! god. I, just, I just had a total flashback. I can still see him. Tara! one my my okay so you know i've told you about my friend Sai. he is a wild mm -hmm. fucking child yeah he called her the pterosaur <laughs> so that should tell wow. you a little bit about what a maniac that bitch was yeah <laughs> oh my god i needed that thank you okay sorry <laughs> i'm really glad i could bring that memory back for you <laughs> <laughs> oh god damn it oh god damn it okay he, yeah, it was like our friend Francisco. He kind of looked like a tiny version of Lin Manuel Miranda. Oh. <laughs> okay, sorry, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> okay, all right, Marcy, would you do me a solid and give us the synopsis of this here movie film? Why, sure. Basically, the structure of this movie is we are watching a documentary being made about a tragedy that happened at the Abaddon Hotel, as it was being used for the setting of a haunted house. In watching this documentary be made, we get, you know, candid shots of the documentarian and her crew talking about things, interviews with a survivor from the incident, footage from the night of the incident, newsreel footage from the night of the incident, and for the majority of the movie, actual footage from the building of the house as provided by the survivor of the haunted house. But we start out with documentary footage talking to reporters and photographers and things mm -hmm. and people who had historical knowledge of what the Abaddon Hotel was previously. And we're getting to know this documentary crew. And in that we watch, I guess there was one video that tour goer took on their phone or no, it was a video camera that was uploaded to YouTube for a time. And so people saw it before the police took it down. So it's where we open is we open with newsreel footage of ambulances at the site. And then the documentary crew shows us the video that was taken by the tour goer and it's them kind of going through the tour and being freaked out by stuff. But then they start noticing that people are running the other way. They're running back the way they came. And mm -hmm. I don't know how familiar everybody is with haunted houses, but they are a one way only. There's no doubling back as a general rule for safety reasons, you know? Mm -mm. 
So the fact that people are doubling back and taking side exits, the people in the video are kind of like, oh, you know, that's supposed to happen, you know? The haunted house leads them down to a basement where they get to just a bottleneck stairwell where there are people pushing to go down because they don't realize something's gone wrong and people pushing to come up because they know fully that something has gone very wrong. Yeah. Honestly, one of the creepiest parts of this whole movie for me is when you're seeing the people down in the basement being like, go back, go back, go back. And you can see just the panic taking place. I mean, now, I mean, to me, it made me think a lot about what did you see when there's an active shooter, which is much darker and less fun than what this movie actually is. But I felt like that was very chilling to see. And that was some of the most convincing stuff for me. Yeah, because I, I it honestly, that also was very, very chilling for me as well. Because you think about, I mean, I don't know about you, but I immediately put myself in that scenario where there's that point where sometimes you're stuck in the middle. Where Ooh. you can't go back because yes. the people behind you haven't realized something has happened. Mm-hmm. But you can't go forward because the people in front of you are trying to push back. And so you're just stagnant in the middle. Like... I would love, I would love to go back. I would love to go back up the stairs. Trust me, but it is out of my hands right now. And for the record, you went super dark with it. I, for some reason, jump straight to Titanic when they're trying to get off the boat. And they're like, no. And then they see more water. They're like, no, go back. And that's like, not at all the same. That's not the same kind of movie. No, but, but I mean, if you've ever been trapped, which is now in these COVID days, that's a whole different kind of horror. But oh, yeah. I mean, you know, you go to a concert or a club and it just gets too full and you get that, that bottleneck where you're just stuck. Oh, as someone who does not enjoy close contact to strangers, it that is just a recipe for intense anxiety. Yeah. And then you uh-huh. add to it a creepy basement. Mm-mm. Nope, nope, yeah. nope, 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 nope. So the tour guards who are recording this video, they do make it out of the house to find that the fire department has shown up and the ambulance is there and they don't know what's what's going on. The more we talk about what happened that night from people, like I was saying, reporters and the photographers and everything, you find out that the town kept it really under wraps, Mm -hmm. what happened. And the police were really sparing with the information to the point where the families of people who had died in the incident didn't even know what happened. And so it was kind of sparking a lot of interest because, you know, as it happens, when the police are saying, like, oh, we're not going to give you any solid answers, that just makes people want solid answers even more. Right. As part of this documentary, Diane, who's kind of helming this documentary, directing this documentary, manages to get in contact with one of the survivors. So the, the Hell House crew were these four guys and this woman named Sarah. And she's the only survivor of the Hell House, you know, crew or whatever mm-hmm. you want to call them. And somehow Diane has gotten a hold of her and she's agreed to do this interview. So that's when we're introduced to both Sarah and the footage of the making of the Hell House. Right. Because she shows up with all the stuff that had never been seen by the police. Mm-hmm. You know, and I, I did love when Diane was like, how did you, you never gave this to, how did you have this instead of them? And she was like, I just got to it first. Which, uh, there's so many things that mm-hmm. are so mysterious about the what happened who was involved, you know, whatever, who knew what, what was going on. And they just give you these little breadcrumbs of things. But that one was such a good one. We were like, Ooh, she, yeah, clearly she went back or something, something happened where now, you know, I just got to this, these tapes first. Yeah. And then the fact that she said she'd never even watched them, but somehow is very sure that whatever's on them is going to show exactly what happened in that house. Mm -hmm. And so while Diane is interviewing Sarah, she's having Mitchell, one of her crew go through the tapes and theoretically that's how we're also seeing the footage is watching right. as Mitchell going through yeah. this footage. Also Mitchell, I mean, well, I guess there's some footage at the end that Mitchell would not have access to. Yeah. But you know, I feel like this movie all in all was handled really well between the cutting of footage that it didn't really bother me to think yeah. about what's the reason why we're able to I, see you this. You kind of just have to go like, yeah, eh, it doesn't always make sense. It's found footage. Let's just move forward. Yeah. You kind of have to just let it be what it's going to be. Right. You know? I will say the one thing I know, I enjoy a mockumentary format. As I was watching this, I was thinking a lot about the Poughkeepsie tapes, which I don't know if you've ever seen. Have you seen the no, I've, I've always wanted to, but they've never been streaming anywhere when I was thinking about it. I For a long time, they existed on YouTube because it was a lost film, but I don't know where it is now. I mean, it, it's been properly released since then. I remember seeing a trailer for it in the movie theater, and then it just disappeared for a really long time. Yeah, I've heard crazy things about it. I've I mean, just never seen it. I, I, I think when it came out, probably it was considered much more extreme. We've seen much more since then, oh. but... 
as, as a, a found footage fan, I do think you should see the Poughkeepsie tapes. Although there's one thing that I think this definitely does better than Poughkeepsie tapes. It's specifically, I, I don't know if he's a reporter or who he is, but one of the talking heads, not the guy with the beard, but the kind of gingery looking dude. Oh yeah. He was a, the photographer so who broke into the house. Good. He looks like every dude in an actual true crime documentary. Yeah. Cause that's usually your weak link, right? Where, you know, it's not heightened emotions. It's just people talking and they f- always feel really scripted, but mm-hmm. he was great. Whoever yeah. that guy is, is very talented. Yeah. And yeah. Poughkeepsie Taste has a few people that are better than others that are doing the talking head. When you finally watch it, there's one guy who, he's a cop, and it was his job to watch all the tapes. And he is messed up, total PTSD from the things that he saw. Oh my god. You should, yeah, you, I mean, we've already covered it on Zombie Girls, or I would say I'm going to make you watch it somehow. But I feel like as a found footage fan, it's such a fucked up one, you need to see it. Yeah. There's yeah, I mean, I do want to. Mm-hmm. I have wanted to for a while. Okay. I'll let you know if I see it anywhere else streaming, because, yeah, it's really something. It's where I learned about Lunars. I was not familiar with that particular kind of kink. You know what I Lunars know are? What uh-uh. They're people that are into balloons. Oh, yeah, I do know. As soon as you started explaining, I was like, oh, wait, it's the balloon folks. It's huh? the Yeah, so there's a whole thing about his creepy videos of girls bouncing on balloons. Yeah, it's 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 weird. <laughs> it's fucked Balloons up. are a source of high anxiety for me, so it's not even like I'm judging the kink. It's just more so I'm thinking about watching a video of a balloon that hasn't popped yet, and my stomach tightens. Oh, well, the whole thing is that the girl is scared, and she's trying to get the balloon to pop, and the balloon won't pop. Uh. Yeah, it's and that's not the scary part. <laughs> we're gonna have to watch that movie yeah (laughs) all right sorry go ahead continue please i totally interrupted you because i have as i said to you before we started the show my add is in full effect today more so than usual which it's always a little bit of a problem but bear with me folks so mitchell's going through the tapes and that's how we get to see them and we start out with sort of the road trip that this crew is taking out to the abaddon hotel and it's just kind of candid moments between people. We get one lover's quarrel over navigating. Yeah. We kind of just meet our characters this way. They get to the Abaddon. It is a mess. And the dudes are pretty psyched about it because they're calling it pre-production value, which is mm-hmm. true. Yeah, uh, yeah. But they also have to stay there, which Sarah is not excited about. Also valid. <laughs> yeah. I don't, I'm not staying in that fucking spider's nest. Absolutely no. not. I'm uh-uh. less concerned about the, the demon clowns in the basement than I am just the number of black widows that are currently residing in that place. Yeah. And I know this is such a small thing, but there's a shot later on where the camera's on the ground and it shows Paul putting his palm on the ground to kind of push himself up out of bed. And I was like, oh my God, you put your bare skin on it. You feed yourself with that. It, right? Yeah, that, I mean, this this is how you get tetanus. Get out of here with this. This is 100%. If I had to stay in that house, it's shower shoes all the time. Right? If not full shoes. I'm like, like, how do I get a shower shoe that fits over my entire body? <laughs> like, no, I am living in a hazmat suit in here because no part of my actual living skin will be touching any surface in this building. Absolutely not. <laughs> this is staff infection central for yes. sure. I'm not. No, yes. When they're just downstairs touching random shoes. I don't even have a weird foot thing. And I was like, mm-mm, nope, mm-mm, nope, 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 nope. The only the only thing that kind of made me feel better about it is every time someone gets up in the middle of the night because of something that's happening, they're always wearing either socks or flip flops. Socks not the best, but I was like, at least they're not running around barefoot in this place because not it's not even based on a I don't want to see a foot. It was just based on a there is no way based on adult common sense should you be barefoot in this building Absolutely at any not. time. Absolutely you shouldn't even not. be wandering around in socks, but I mean at least it's the something. black mold alone. You know what <laughs> I mean? I, um, I know that these are not considerations we really should care about watching a horror no, movie. No, this is not the point. But, but listen, <laughs> this is where I'm at, and I can only be who I am, and who I am <laughs> is horrified at the idea of staying there and touching things. These are thoughts that I had the whole time. Okay, I'm glad it's yeah. not just me. <laughs> no, no. In the interview, Sarah says that it took them. Chest goes. Sorry. No worries. He always has a friend. Hold for a second. Chest goes. <laughs> Second chess coast. I'm imagining a found footage film in your esophagus. <laughs> <laughs> the most haunted esophagus in all of Whereas Portland. 
I'm imagining it. They're ghosts, but it's like stage directors, or there's one ghost with a headset and a clipboard, and they're like, and go first ghost. <laughs> and go second ghost. We are good on second ghost. Oh my god. I don't know <laughs> now why that's what I'm seeing too. I can see a ghost headset and a ghost clipboard. <laughs> like, and cue the creaking door. Good on the creaking door. All right. Cue first ghost. Ghost first ghost enter. <laughs> and the Kershink is just the crowd applauding. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, can you imagine that you died, you come back as a ghost and you still have to have a job. Do you want to be like a stage director? And so you just are the stage director of a haunted house where you're just like, Okay, you know, I just I appreciate all of you being here and we are going to deliver tonight, folks. Right. All right, listen, we need to be on the ball with those creaking doors and the swinging chandeliers. We were a little late last night and I noticed that a couple of the folks didn't even see it. So let's just pay attention, keep your head in the game. I'll give you your cues. Just pay, you know, yeah. just stage hey, directing in the back. House. Ghost that hides under the sheet that gets pulled off and there's nothing underneath. I need you to focus right now. We're five <laughs> minutes to go time. <laughs> your sheet pool, way too slow last night, but it was also, you know, you don't want to rush it. Don't yeah. rush it. Do what feels right to you. On the Do other hand, right. person but also faster the sheet than off yesterday. the lady that's sleeping. Slower, slower. You got to give them time <laughs> to wake up before you do the whip off. <laughs> And floorboard creaking crew, I need a little bit more from you. Uh-huh, just wasn't uh-huh. enough last night. Nobody even heard it. Just a little bit more. I just need you to bring the A game. <laughs> I love these like trope ghosts. I know. <laughs> Instead of gro- ghost troops or ghost tropes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is going to be a weird episode. Okay. Oh, man. <laughs> But, I mean, it's kind of connected because, I mean, we'll get there, but the first shot we get of actual spooky ghost stuff happening was one of those things that I think about all the time, and I started thinking about it during Paranormal Activity. Mm-hmm. This is a synchronized production. Right. There are people who know their role. They know you wait until this happens, then you use, you know, whatever the pull you have off screen to swing the chandelier, and then someone waits before they slam a door in the other end of the house, and then someone else waits when they, you know knock something off the table, you know, it's orchestrated and it is something that has choreography. Yeah, you're and right. And so I see I see shots like the very first one we see when they're hanging the dummy, the door opens and someone moves in front of the camera, then the dummy starts swinging, then the door closes. There are actual human people who are, you know, in charge of making these things happen in that order with that timing. Right. I think that's why I default to stage manager when I think about actually haunted houses because I'm like, it's choreographed, you know. I feel like we're coming up with an Adult Swim cartoon right now. Right? Isn't there a version of this that is the wacky hijinks of the stage ghost coat? Like a theater director dies and then continues to haunt their uh, house or something. But they're like, all right, if we're going to do this, we are going to do this right, people. Right. In the afterlife, he gets recruited to come in and stage manage a bunch of hauntings. (laughs) That's what happens to stage managers when they die. Dude, this is a genius idea. TM, TM. Yeah. Stream Queens Productions. Intellectual property. <laughs> I do feel like this is actually kind of a great idea. <laughs> I would watch the shit out of that if it was like an Aqua Teen Hunger Force yeah. adult cartoon. <laughs> yeah. Like a Rick and Morty, but it's about the uh, the afterlife of a stage manager. Oh my God. This is a genius oh idea. We're geniuses. <laughs> <laughs> All right, all right. Where were we? Where were we? Where were we? Okay, so Sarah tells Diane that it took them about a week to get the electricity on, and then they were staying there. And she goes, and that's when the weird stuff started to happen. And I, I, you know, we get a lot of touring through the house and all the weird shit that's around. It's creepy, but mostly it's just gross. Yeah. Mostly just super gross. But it's here, the very first footage that we get of something weird happening is what I was just talking about, where two of the guys are hanging a dummy. And I know all of their names, but I don't know which one is so which. I, I know Alex is, is the one. Okay, so it's Mac. It's Mac it's is Mac. the redheaded guy. It's Mac and Alex, I think that, or not Mac and Alex. Mac and who's the other guy? Paul. Alex is the boyfriend. Paul is the rapey is... one. Yeah, who's doing Mac... most of the camera work? It's Paul Mac and Tony. Is the yeah, Mac is Tony. The redhead. Tony's the other one. I forgot. Yes. Tony's the normal one, yeah. I'm pretty sure it's Mac and Tony who are hanging the stummy, and they're trying to, you know, they're talking about how they, they're not spending money on moving props this year, so they have to make all of the dummies look 
really gross and they can pull, you know, whatever. They start hanging the dummy and Max sends Tony back upstairs to get Alex to check it. Right. And this is the scene I was talking about. The first time we start seeing really haunted stuff where Mac is there and the door opens behind him. Mm -hmm. And when he turns to look at it, a person moves in front of the camera and the dummy starts swinging. And when he goes back to the dummy to stop the swinging, the door slams shut. And that's when the other two dudes show up. So he's just kind of like, uh, that was weird. Right. Yes. Yes, it was. (laughs) Yeah. What follows is really just escalating creepy stuff. But what I like about it is that we really jump. We jump quickly to we are seeing shit. It's not just him being like, oh, a door slammed. I think something, you know, whatever. Because early on, we get Paul talking to the camera about how bummed he is that Sarah's the only girl there. And, you know, he was really hoping to get laid and all this. And a person walks into his room. Not like stands in the doorway in the background, but fully comes into his room and he turns and sees it and is like, Sarah, oh, dude, are you sleepwalking? Mm-hmm. And then the figure just turns around and walks out and he's like, all right, bye. You know, and it's fairly early on, I feel, as far as what normal pacing would dictate. Mm-hmm. And I'm not mad, especially since he saw it and just wrote it off as, oh, it's just someone living in the house with, you know, it's one of the guys or right. whatever. It's Sarah sleepwalking. You know, it doesn't jump to, but clearly that was, you know, yeah, like, yeah, it's yeah, super yeah, totally. creepy. Yeah. Yeah. Although he was such a, my, one of my biggest complaints about this movie is that character. He's yeah. so gross. And I feel like nobody responds appropriately to him essentially sexually harassing the one female employee. Yeah. This is a workplace. Get it the fuck together. Yeah, and Alex's reaction in one of the initial scenes we get of him talking to her and being really weird about it, you know, whatever. Alex's reaction seems more to be that he's just embarrassed of his friend and not like, hey, maybe don't sexually harass my employee. Yes. Yeah, that would be, I mean, if my boyfriend did not stand up for me during that, he would not be my boyfriend anymore. (laughs) (laughs) That would be that. I mean, I can, can I stand up for myself? Absolutely. But if my boyfriend's friend is acting like that, I expect for us both to be in on the handling business. Right. But yeah, he's just like, stop videotaping my girlfriend in her underwear. Yeah. Stop videotaping my girlfriend's butt crack. That's just, ugh. He's, yeah, that's, I like, I really liked Mac. I was, I thought Tony was realistic in his responses to things. You know, Paul is, or not, sorry, not Paul, but Alex is whatever. But I just, the of all the things that I did not believe in the movie, all the things that you're expected to believe in in this movie, to me, the worst was this Paul character. I was like, no, absolutely yeah. not. Yeah. And I mean, and Alex's whole thing was that he, his character had to serve a purpose. Uh-huh. And it was pretty obvious yeah. that based on, you know, his actions and his reactions to things that he was written there to, to serve a purpose. Whereas I did like Mac and Tony mm-hmm. because they did seem like realistic people. I liked Sarah. She seemed like a realistic person. Mm-hmm. Alex served a purpose. He was written specifically to serve a purpose. Yeah. But Paul just seemed so over the top, horrible that how? How has no one said anything to him? You know? He just feels like a character from the 80s. Yeah. Yeah, he did. Yeah. He felt really outdated, but somehow still showing up in a movie that yeah. was past that time. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. I will I will continue to rant about him. I just had to get it off my chest right from the start. I <laughs> really fucking hate that character. But okay. Sorry. Go ahead. So essentially what happens next is we just kind of watch these characters build this haunted house and start, you know, planning out what, what's going to go where and what's going to happen where. While increasingly more creepy things start happening, Sarah starts sleepwalking and mm-hmm. talking to walls. Not a good sign. The dummy that everybody has the most problem with is the scariest thing you've ever seen, that clown. Dude, that and clown every- is terrifying. And everybody's problem is that the head doesn't move, which is a key key feature, because several times the head moves when it should not mm-hmm. be able to. But yeah, that clown is super creepy. I also didn't love that they wanted their haunted house to culminate in a half-naked woman chained to the ceiling. Yeah, that was not also not my favorite. yeah you're going through a haunted house that's what you know full of scary clowns and shit and they're like oh but obviously what makes sense plot wise is to have a woman chained to the ceiling in just her underwear that's that's what follows logically it's so out of tune with everything else in the haunted house too that's the weird thing yeah that's what i mean is it's not like the whole haunted house is 
fix it's focused about some sort of virgin sacrifice kind of deal and then you end with a virgin sacrifice it was just standard haunted house and then also boobs yeah i do feel yeah i think maybe this is a problem with the same origin you know what i mean i think we have a writing problem here yeah 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 Yeah. anyway (laughs) (laughs) so things start getting really creepy I think the first really creepy thing that happens is Paul is walking through the haunted house looking for Alex. Mm-hmm. And he comes across the clown dummy just standing in the hallway facing down to the basement in not a place where they left it. I mean, why is that? So- I mean, it's ju- just a clown standing where it's not supposed to be is genuinely scary. So creepy. Yeah. Uh-huh. So creepy. Uh-huh. So we're seeing all this happen through Paul's camera and he turns the camera down the stairs and it's kind of like who moved you and he turns back and the clown's head is turned to look at him on a dummy that we previously stated cannot turn it do not like yep so he thinks that it's just one of the guys fucking with him right so he walks back to see them finds out they're both there Uh finds both mac and i guess it was tony alex went into town with sarah but mac and tony are are both in the room and i i actually loved this how he walks into the room and just immediately loses it yeah it he doesn't walk in. It's just like, oh, what? I thought I just what? He walks in. He's like, what the shit? And then turns and runs <laughs> the other way because he's like, what the fuck? What just? And I actually really loved that reaction because I think typically in movies like that, when that first scare happens, they're just kind of like, oh, what? We? I swear to God, I swear. I thought I just saw something that would say that this scenario is not possible. Mm-hmm. Well, that's weird. I should go. But I loved that he just <laughs> like reactionary immediately lost it and bolted back the other way to check on the clown (laughs) right i mean imagine if this was actually happening too the setting you'd be so on edge everybody probably is pranking each other it would be a very even amongst friends be a very tense setting so when things start going wrong you're already kind of at a particular level of anxiety that that makes it likely that you're gonna freak the fuck out so it would be unrealistic for him to just be like whatever yeah Mm -hmm. yeah but and i mean it's one of those things i really loved the pacing of this movie because i think it handled a little bit differently than what i was expecting i wasn't expecting for them to fully visually see scary stuff that early Mm. and i wasn't expecting a lot of the reactions i do love paul's reaction to the first one that walked into his room just like uh you okay dude all right bye because you know realistically yeah if nothing else had happened then you would be like and sarah is a sleepwalker and he knows that so you know Sure, the silhouette did not match Sarah, but, you know, I can see your brain being like, nope, just Sarah, please, just Sarah. I mean, yeah, totally, totally. I mean, because that's what you'd want to think anyway, so you wouldn't want to jump to the conclusion of ghosts, even though though I probably would just because I'm so scary, but, you know, what are you going to do? But then, you know, his immediate, very reactionary reaction to the clown thing i don't know i liked i liked a lot of that Mm -hmm. but we start getting into the ground of everybody thinking that somebody's fucking with them when something happens particularly with this clown because this clown just keeps popping up in places it's Mm -hmm. not supposed to be Mm -hmm. they start hearing sounds at night you know they're they start i'm sorry i'm jumping around but it's really just a long you know we're we're seeing both footage of the day-to-day of them building the haunted house hiring actors having you know quarrels yeah about things as more spooky things start step happening in the house, what really kind of pushes things over the edge is the night that Mac and Paul discover Sarah sleepwalking and speaking into a wall, and then the clown just keeps popping up in the wrong fucking places. So it's a really yeah. long sequence of them trying to get Sarah out of the basement, being super freaked out, and then the aftermath the next morning is people being like, this is not okay. Something really wrong is happening. And Alex is just like, keep it down. You're going to scare the actors. And everybody's like, what the fuck the actors? Like, this is fucking... (laughs) Some real shit is going down. This is bad. This is not good. You know? And he's just so focused on, we're almost there. You're going to scare them away. And they're like, we should be scared away. Yes. Which is, you know, pretty typical of that movie. Like I said, Alex's character is written to serve a purpose, and the purpose is to keep them in the house. And to be... 100% completely driven blind to all the shit that's going on because he just needs this house to happen kind of character mm-hmm. and that's exactly what he does and that's exactly <laughs> what he does so creepy shit creepy shit lots of things happen lots of basement tours the next big event that really happens is that paul is in his room sleeping and there's a scary lady also in the room with him yeah 
I know that it's a thing where scary things happen and kids hide under their blankets, but that's never been my instinct because I'd rather keep eyes on the thing that's scaring me mm-hmm. than be completely hidden under the blanket, have no idea what it's doing or where it's going or whatever. You yeah. Know? Speaking from the, I've never had something scary in my room at night, but I do have sleep paralysis, so I have thought there was something scary in my room at mm-hmm. night. And not that I could have pulled the blankets over me anyway, because sleep paralysis, it's in the name. But, you know, even when... (laughs) (laughs) I mean, fair, fair. I mean, but even, even so, even when I have come out of the paralysis state and I'm still hallucinating things... I don't choose to hide under covers because, like I said, I'd rather keep my eyes on the thing that's scaring me because I want to know where it's going, what it's doing. And if right, it's of closer. course. And so he hides under the, the covers and it made me so tense. Yeah. It did a really good job of putting you in that fear with him uh-huh. because he's also just heavy breathing and just like, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God. And every time he peeks, she's moved. Mm-hmm. But the third time he peeks and she's starting to get up, I'm like, that's the point. When you stop hiding and you start running, or you at the very least keep eyes on her, you do not lose visual with the enemy. No, absolutely not. But he does, and he gets kidnapped. Yes, he does. Because of all the arguments he'd been having lately about needing to get out of the house, and because he'd pulled a stunt like this a couple years previous where he missed two full shows without telling anybody, everybody's just kind of like, oh, he's just doing his Paul thing. He's pissed off. You know, whatever. More creepy clown things happen in the night that lead them down to the basement. It's a very long scene of those clowns shouldn't be moving. Oh, my God. When when he goes, they go into the freezer and all the clowns are looking. Oh, no. Ugh. Oh, no, no, no. I don't care whatever financial thing is going on that's keeping them there. That I Tony is, has the appropriate reaction. You gotta fucking go. You can't stay. Yeah. After you see three clowns look at you like that, you fucking leave. You definitely don't yeah. continue to sleep there. No, but I love that his reaction was getting into the exitless freezer because it was just like, I just need to be in a different physical space. <laughs> it's not like he ran for an exit or was like, hey, Mac, we got to get out of the basement. He was just like, oh, fuck, and then went into the nearest safe spot he could think of right. was into this freezer. <laughs> and I mean, it's not like they got locked in there or anything like that, which I was kind of halfway expecting that to be what happens. But I just, it, I liked it because it was an honest reaction. It's what would I, it's what I would have done. Right. would have been like, right. what's the fastest way to no longer be in the same room? room as those fucking clowns right you want to put a, a steel door between the yeah. two of you absolutely yeah. yeah even though again it was an exitless room if anything he probably could have just trapped himself even worse by going into that freezer but again that's the instinct i must be out of this room asap oh 100 yeah. <laughs> percent. you know yeah yeah, yeah, yeah so yeah. there there are definitely some things in the acting that i thought was really strong and this is one of them is i feel like their reactions to things were pretty pretty accurate it, at times when the people were getting really scared but it's at the end of this basement scene where they find paul in the basement in a sort of catatonic trance yeah his eyes are open the lights aren't on right but they decide to go forward with their haunt night anyway even though they can't get him out of bed he's like fully unresponsive you know they think he's just kind of they basically just think he's throwing a fit for the most part. They're just kind of like, oh, no, I just couldn't get him up. Whatever, we'll do it without him. We start the actual haunt tour where we kind of get more, we, we get sort of matched up clips of that tour go- goer footage that we saw earlier where we see those people in line and we see some of their footage of when they were waiting in line. Tour happens and then shit goes awry. And that's when, (laughs) you know, we're watching people starting to fight back the other way. I did like the part where Sarah was like, oh, I I just saw Paul. And she's peering through a behind the scenes into one of the rooms. She's like, I think I just saw Paul, you know, and things are just getting weird. Walkie talkies aren't working. You know, there's blind spots in, you know, certain rooms. I was super uncomfortable watching Mac cut open the lady, the actor's dress. Yes. And I was like, no, not Mac. No, no. I know. How disappointing was that? I mean, I guess if you have to have any of them do it, though, Mac would be the one I'd want to do it. Because he gives the least creeper vibe. Yeah, but why do it at all? Dang it. Yeah. Right? He's like, let's, we'll just do it like this. I'm like, no, Mac, no. Yeah, at least, at least argue that this maybe isn't the way to go. Right. Dang it. 
There was something that I skipped over that I was going to say, and I don't remember. Oh, it was just Paul doing the, the run-through of the haunted house. This happened a while ago, but I missed it. Uh-huh. Where he's basically, the, you know, they lock him into the haunted house, and he's on the walkie-talkie, and he's queuing lights, he's queuing strobes, and they just want to see how it looks. And this is when he starts... You know, he's like, oh, hey, guys, how many freaks do we have down here? And they're like, three. Oh, this is super creepy. This is super creepy because the strobe lights were accurately affecting his camera footage the way that they would, where it's cutting out parts of the screen and it's not totally real time. Mm -hmm. But every once in a while, a fourth freak shows up. And, you know, it made it really tense on our side watching that because we weren't being able to get the full picture every single time. Mm -hmm. It was just, you know, whatever. And it was lagging and it was, you know, things like that. But when he sees the fourth freak and he has to check and he's like how many freaks are down here and he's, they're like oh three and he's like get me out of here and immediately <laughs> it's like oh my god he jumped a counter on his way out to get as far away from that door as possible and as you would and i i only wanted to bring it up because it was a really good scene it was super creepy it was super scary and i totally skipped over it because then he gets kidnapped it's but... also a good use of, of the mockumentary device you know what i mean because they were able to go back and show you the freeze frames of things you know yeah anyway jumping back to where we were things are quickly unraveling in the haunted house robed cult members yeah. i'll say yeah. have appeared in the basement they said that they discovered a second tour goers footage of in the basement and it's the actor just screaming this is not part of the show this is not part of the show we see joey one of the actors who's dressed as a clown jump up and leave the room yeah joey was, <laughs> joey just bailed he was literally hired to protect her and he was like bye uh, yeah immediately bailed and that's one of the things that sets the guys off of something's not going right because two of the guys are watching all the security camera footage or not security camera but you know for liability reasons they have they have to have camera views of all the rooms so that nobody gets hurt or whatever and so they're watching the camera footage and that's one of the first things that takes them off that something's going wrong they're like where's joey going because they're just watching this dude book it out of the building (laughs) yep cult members have appeared we get to see the ground open up and swallow the actress who's chained to the ceiling yeah. <laughs> it's a lot of scramble just trying to get out of the house at which point you know sarah talks about how she and mac are running up into the attic they're trying to get out of the building they find that alex is being hung in the attic right uh, right right right, right. By- i was like what happened to alex oh that's right <laughs> yeah they are surrounded by cult members mac is is presumably killed and Diane is asking Sarah, like, well, so, so you just walked out? And she's like, yeah. And then there were ambulances, and I was just really glad to be out of there. And Diane's kind of like, oh, okay. Right. So just nothing happened. You just walked out. And she's like, yep, pretty much. And then Sarah says that she's staying in a room in the hotel, and that she's tired, and she needs to rest for a while, and that she's willing to talk to them again if they want to come by her room, but just give her some time to rest up. I really liked this scene because the camera, you know, it pans down. So visually, when editing, they would know, oh, that we were supposed to cut before this, you know, whatever. This is no longer usable, but it's still running. Mm-hmm. And Sarah asks Diane if she's been to the house. And Diane's like, oh, no, it's all boarded up. We can't get a permit. We can't get in there. And this is when things start. You start getting that feeling of this is yep. not what <laughs> we thought it was. Yep. Because Sarah starts going, oh, you should really go there. And right. She's like, well, I mean, we're we're not really allowed, you know, we can't. She's like, I think that you should really see what's in that house. Right. She's suddenly a different person. Yeah. Because before she just was a shell. You know, she was uncomfortable talking about it. She was broken. And now she's just very personable and very like, oh, no, you should definitely go there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so she tells Diane that she's staying in room 2C and that if Diane wants to come by in a few hours to talk to her or whatever, she'd be willing to interview more. Meanwhile, Diane gets the idea of we should go to that house. So she takes her camera guy who does not want to go, but is going anyway. Mitchell stays behind to review footage. They find out that Sarah's not staying at that hotel, but they're like, meh, probably just a mistake. Maybe she's staying under a fake name. I don't know, whatever. Right. So they go to the house. Meanwhile, Mitchell's watching the remainder of the footage, which shows Sarah getting out of the house with a camera, but as she makes it to the door, she sees Paul. So she sets the camera down, hugs Paul, 
totally freaked out by Paul, who is still being a total weirdo. Paul bludgeons her to death with the camera. Oh, so brutal. Yes. And then she's dragged further into the house, at which point Paul then slits his own throat with a piece of glass. And again, logically, I don't know how this can be explained and the purpose of this is a documentary. Mm -hmm. But we get that title card where it's like, while Diane goes to the house, Mitchell sees footage that makes everything unexplainable. I'm like, who's making this title card? You know, but you kind of just have to. Well, I mean, maybe it's explained in the sequels. That's the question. Maybe there is an answer to this question. I'm. I had no idea there were two more. I'm oh, yeah. totally watching them now. Oh, good. I'm gonna totally watch them. Oh, that's awesome. So, I, but I do love the part where they're in the house and Diane gets a call from Mitchell and she's like, "Oh, I'll call him on the way back." But you know, it's because he just watched footage where Sarah got murdered. So yes, like, if she uh... had just picked up that call, but no, no, right? no. But they find a room in the house that's been nailed shut. That is room two C. Mm-hmm. And so Diane's like, "Oh no, we gotta," you know, and they open it to find sarah in the room with her bludgeoning wounds uh-huh cult members appear and that's the end of uh that documentary of the first act of the uh yeah <laughs> all right so now you are the found footage aficionado on this cast what did you think of this movie I really liked it. Oh, to that's be fun. Yay. I mean, there are definitely points. I mean, you know me. I'm always looking to make sure that whatever we're seeing is justified. Yeah. And you know how tired I get of the cop out of the world needs to see this or, you know, whatever. Yeah. So that's why I appreciate when it's, you know, I even don't even love when they're like, well, we need the camera light. You know, you can turn the camera light without running the, yeah, without recording. Right. Right. You know, right. Right. Same. Right. Right. But I feel like the way this was shot pretty much justified the fact that the camera was running when it was running right i didn't have any times where it felt forced or unnatural that the camera would be on there were a few times i mean even when they're exploring the basement and again you can just use the the light you don't need to be recording but i feel like in those times of stress you're not even thinking about the fact that you're still recording so i can i can justify the majority of this enough Mm -hmm. that i'm good with it that's good again i got a little bit pulled out with some of those title cards because i'm just like who made that title card but apparently there are more movies that may or may not explain that so (laughs) yeah i mean i i would assume it had to have been mitch right because nobody else could (laughs) yeah oh man yeah yeah oh i'm so glad you know because this was for you. You know what I mean? <laughs> if I think the total yeah. dud, that would be such a bummer. So I'm glad you had a good time. I'm also very curious to see a little bit more of the mythology. Because I think, so what I read was that the director had it all mapped out in his mind. And there was stuff in the original script that got cut. And he, at, while they were shooting, he's like, well, I'll just make it a trilogy. He was joking about it. And then the movie came out and hit the festival scene and actually did really well. Got picked up for distribution, yada, yada, yada. Flash forward to he got to make it a trilogy. So in his mind, it wasn't like he had to go and figure out what all of the stuff that he had put in the movie just for the sake of it being creepy. It all had a background. So he was able to oh, easily write it. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty dope. Yeah. So that's kind of cool. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm also a bit of a found footage connoisseur and I did like this one quite a bit. I think that the smart thing to do was to rely on um, small little subtle things to scare you like the turning head of a clown or eyes in the in the dark all that kind of stuff that really gets under your skin they didn't try to do anything ridiculous with cgi because they you know if you don't have the budget for it don't fuck with cgi right (laughs) and i think that was smart i'm definitely it left me in a place of having a lot of questions so knowing that there is more to explore in the mythology i think makes me excited to see where it goes next because I do I mean there's some archetypal stuff there right obviously there's some sort of cult members right right but to me that kind of takes it almost to a place of Lovecraft oh yeah you know they have the cultist look to them and this idea of there being multiverses or coming through some sort of doorway feels very Lovecraft so I'm curious if that is the place where it goes because I honestly don't know I didn't look because I didn't want to spoil anything for myself. But yeah, I think they made some good strategic choices by having it be a mockumentary. I always like that. And also it gives you the reason of believing that there would be cameras. Yeah. I I loved the presentation of the mockumentary. I thought that was some of the most convincing stuff. It was the early things, the setup 
where it felt it felt like a Dateline episode where you have the did, inner cutting yeah. of news footage and found footage from the internet. All that stuff really worked for me. Same. Agree. I would hope my my one kind of complaints I have some issues with a couple of the characters primarily. Is it Tony or is it Paul? Paul. I do not care for Paul. I don't super love the way that the reporter that was running this, they kind of, it was getting into this weird, weird place where you have a powerful woman come off sort of naggy and shrewish that I don't always love. Yeah. Her whole thing when they're exploring the house and the cameraman's just like, I'm not going down there. She's like, no, 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 get the shot, get the shot, get the shot. Don't be a pussy. I don't like that kind of stuff because as a woman, a professional woman who probably, you know, is somewhat ballsy, I'd like to think that I'm not a fucking true. And that is a right. that is another character like the Paul character that feels outdated. Yeah, for sure. But I mean, as far as the scares go, solid. The de- solid. The design of the clown, solid. One thing we didn't talk about that I really liked is that occasionally you could tell that the clown had eyes. Oh, I didn't catch oh, that. Oh, that's when it's the scariest girl. When all of a sudden it has eyes is when it's oh. the scariest. Oh my god, I didn't catch that. Yeah, it'll be inanimate, and then he'll look at it again, and it'll have eyes. Oh god. Mm -hmm. When it's down at the bottom of the basement, and it's looking up, it has eyes. Yeah, those subtle little things are, to me, some of the best scares. So yeah, I liked it. I'm really, really pleased that you liked it. It's, It's fun to find a hidden gem, and I think, for us, it was kind of a hidden gem. So that's exciting. Yeah. Yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. I don't know, I'm just so excited that there are two more (laughs) (laughs) yay i'm so glad and it's not not necessarily i mean all the questions i was left with with this one are just nitpicky like who made that title card but i am excited to know that this is you know the like you were saying they consider this just the first act of one long story Mm -hmm. oh fuck okay yeah Yeah, i'm down yeah i want to know more about the guy that i don't remember his name but hung himself why why would he hang himself i mean the original hotel owner yeah why though it sounds to me like, I don't know, what was it? Uh, oh, it made me think a little bit of the Nick Cage movie where all the people killed themselves so they could be in the animatronics. Not Five Nights at Freddy's. <laughs> what oh, is God. it called? The one that's... Oh. Willy's Wonderland. That's it. Willy's Wonderland. Yeah. And so I'm kind of like, I don't think he just coincidentally killed himself. If you think about it, like, they talked about Joey, the clown actor that ran away, and he hung himself. Then, And that was after we found out that the hotel owner hung himself and then alex died by being hung Mm -hmm. and so it's kind of like themes that we didn't talk about that maybe will be explained later perhaps so yeah so i think maybe this won't be the last of the hell house movies that we watch i think maybe we'll return to this at some point i don't know we'll see we'll see what happens all right cool so if you were to watch this again marzi what beverage would you pair with it and why i don't know why I'm picking this. Okay. It just kind of feels right. <laughs> it just came to me. I don't know why, but I think it's because it's dark and it's kind of bitter, but you still, you go in anyway. Okay. But just straight shots of Jaeger, I think, okay. for this movie. I mean, there's a broiness to Jaeger that I think yeah. works. Mm-hmm. There's that old myth that it was made with deer's blood. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I, last time I drank it, it probably was 2015. Right. I think this works. <laughs> I feel like when I drink too much of it, the sounds that I make sound like I'm summoning Abaddon. So, yeah, I support this decision entirely. <laughs> Good. Thank you. Thank you. Awesome. Okay, cool. So, for those of you at home, do you have some opinions about this franchise? Do you have some questions? Do you have something you'd like us to cover? Do you just want to say hi? Whatever the case may be, feel free to drop us a line at rachelzombiegirls.com or you can come chat with us on the Zombie Girls Facebook page. You can follow us on Twitter at ZG Podcast or on Instagram at ZG Podcasts, plural. And if you are looking for something to watch tonight, you should check out our video on demand and streaming calendar on the Zombie Girls website. If you're a nerd who likes video games, check us out at twitch.tv forward slash zombie girls. If you want to look really hot and all the ladies and fellows will want you, then you should check out our merch. You should check out purchase and put on your bod our merch from tpublic.com forward slash zombie dash girls dash podcast. And if you love us and you want to support us, it would mean the world to us if you hit us up on Patreon. Plus, it would mean all of your episodes are extended, including this one, in which I'm going to be talking to Mars about found footage movies. Not necessarily ones that are out, but the ones that she wants to see. And I just have some other general 
found footage questions for her. One I'm especially looking forward to hearing her answer for. But you're going to have to be a patron to find out what it is. Last but not least, one more plug. If you have not already started it, you should definitely check out our collaboration with the Here's Johnny podcast, where we are watching the entire Saw franchise. We just recorded the episode for Jigsaw, so we are almost at the end. All we have left is Spiral which should be coming soon-ish. We're just waiting for it to hit VOD, but you want to be on top of this. So head over to the Here's Johnny podcast and download those episodes and check them out now. You can hear our souls die. (laughs) And a lot of jokes. That is a true statement. Also, if you enjoyed the musical numbers on our Anna and the Apocalypse episode, you are really going to enjoy the musical number that takes place in one of those episodes. (laughs) It's a bit of a collaboration. So yeah, definitely check them out. All right. That is it for this episode. I guess that means we need to start thinking about next episode. Now, Marzi, it is a you pick. Do you know what we will be watching for the next episode? So this movie is on Hulu right now. It stars just my favorite character from Stranger Things, Joe Carey. It's called Spree. And it's been on my list for a while, but I haven't gotten to it. Uh-huh. The synopsis is, seeking social media fame, rideshare driver Kurt comes up with the perfect way to go viral, murdering his passengers <laughs> in a live stream. Okay, cool. I'm into it. I also <laughs> love Joe Curie. I saw, you know, they always do fan casting for Dark Tower, and someone suggested him for Eddie, and I'm like, oh, done. That He's perfect. Oh, yeah. 100%. Right? Yeah. It's, he's perfect for Eddie. Yeah, I love Joe Curia. He was one of my favorite characters on Stranger Things. I am a little nervous to see him be a murderer, but I'm excited. Are you nervous because you're afraid it's going to turn you on? No, no. <laughs> That's a yes. <laughs> nah, I just don't want to taint the um, very pure memory of Steve Harrington. Yes, Is that I his think name? so. Yeah. God, what an arc he had from first season one where you're like, he's trash, break up with him, girlfriend, to the next season where you're like, you're not good enough for Steve. You don't deserve <laughs> <I> just, him. <laughs> no, well, I love that he went from douchebag popular dude, and then the second season, he's basically foster mom I to all know! the kids. <laughs> oh my God, it's so good. I love him so, so much. I do too. So I'm a little excited to see him do a role that I've never seen him play before, but yeah. a little nervous. I feel like I want to see his mannequin energy in that because i remember when that was getting festivals and it's on my list for this year of things i need to see so it's another perfect yeah perfect yeah so you're helping you're helping me do my homework on in addition to (laughs) i this will just be fun to cover with you yeah awesome okay so for those of you playing along at home watch spree on hulu and we'll be back in two weeks now mars for those of people who are not sticking around for after the music for the extended episode this is it will you do me a favor and take us out please as always, we appreciate you listening. I, I hope you watch this movie before we just spoiled the whole ending. But if you didn't <laughs> check it out anyway, it's still a really good movie. Thanks for coming back. That's all, folks. Bye, everybody. Bye. <laughs> Thanks, everybody, for listening. And to Mars for always being willing to geek out about horror movies with me. Production on this episode was done by yours truly and edited by Ariel Messman-Rucker. And our theme song for this show is Die Historic by Three Chain Links. <laughs>